welcome to the Profiles in Persistence show. I'm Dusty Rollins, founder and owner of Oxford Business Services. We help entrepreneurs and business owners maximize their profit and minimize their taxes. We believe there should be limits to how much the IRS can punish your success. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on this great inspirational daily podcast. Let's go. Welcome to all. Today we have Miss Deborah Kaiser, owner of Timbuk the Number Two.com. If you want to reach her, you can find her at Deborah at Timbuk2.com. How you doing, Miss Deborah? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So just tell me a little bit about yourself, your story. Who are you? You know? Uh, well, let's see. I live in Northern California. I live in Marin County, which is about uh, half an hour north of San Francisco. Um, I've been on the West Coast for, geez, you know, over 20 years, uh, originally a New Yorker, uh, New York City. And I've been in the apparel retail world for most of my, well, all of my career, really. I've gone out of it a couple times, but um, I'm pretty much a product person. So my my I'm motivated by quality product, story of product, make of product. And uh, that I've woven my way through my career with that focus. So what's Timbuk2, the number two? Want to make sure we clarify that. <laughs> Timbuk number two. Uh, Timbuk2, uh, it's Timbuk2 Designs. And Timbuk2 is a, a bag company. Uh, we're best known for our San Francisco bike messenger bag and have been playing in that messenger bag arena for a number of years. The company is 30 years old. Um, I'm actually, I, I'm the president of, I'm not the owner, just to, just to be clear, but- um, I'm sorry. No, uh, oh, that's fine. Uh, we, we've been making bags for 30 years. We've been uh, making them in San Francisco primarily. We have a factory that's attached to our headquarter office. We've now diversified, so we make in other parts of the world. But uh, we- go against the big guys uh, in the industry, like the Nikes and, and North Face from a market share standpoint. But we distinguish ourselves from those guys. We're less in the outerwear arena, we're, uh, or sorry, in the outdoor arena. We're really about moving through life, whether it's city, mountain, um, it's, it's to, we wanna be the carry brand uh, to help you carry your stuff through your life. Okay. so. Why Timbuk the number two? Like, what what made you even want to step into this business realm? Because we went from fashion, and yeah, we understand the bag realm is fashion, but it's not the fashion you would think about. Yeah. Uh, why Timbuk two? Well, I, I Timbuk two is near and dear to my heart. I I was a serious cyclist for a number of years, and I commuted from Marin County to San Francisco. Uh, for 15 years, it's about a an hour and 15 minute bike commute, and in some of the most beautiful landscape that you can imagine. Um, but I commuted with a Timbuktu bag on my back for 15 years, and so the ergonomics of having a bag on your back to carry your essentials and how it attaches and and works with your body, and especially on a bicycle for a pretty um, rigorous bike ride. Um, I, I have great emotional attachment to the brand. I 
lived overseas for quite a bit of my career and coming back to San Francisco, the Bay Area, when the opportunity came up um, to work with Timbuktu, I, I was really excited. The, what further intrigued me about the brand was um, it, after 30 years, it actually has remained pretty small. And so the opportunity to grow the brand and to see us diversify into other products and really diversify the assortment. Um, I, I love working with dynamic brands. It could be dynamic in the sense of reducing or re-shape shifting, but mostly I like to work with brands with potential to grow and diversify. So um, you're, you're catching my attention. I love book bags. That's like my thing. I like carry bags. Sure. Like I have a whole assortment of them myself. And I just want to know like, this seems like it's parallel with what you're used to, but how do you how did you jump into this unknown kind of way product like thing? You know, because it sounds like a challenge to kind of like switch gears, but still on the same path. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, here's the way I look at life. I you know from a very young age um, I learned to sew, and so I can I can make products whether it's apparel. I first went into apparel, but um, when you think of how product is made, uh, if you give me a sewing machine, I can figure it out and I understand it from an engineering standpoint. When you take the product and put it into the market and you start to focus on what people want. So if your thing is book bags, ironically, I don't carry backpacks. I, I work in a company that does a lot of backpacks and I'm, I, I'm trying to explain the mentality of somebody who likes bags, but doesn't wear a backpack. And so when you, when you start thinking about product and what people's preferences are and, and where those bags go with you and, and do we change up bags and it's about lifestyle, it's about fashion, it's about how we see ourselves, it's about what's in those bags. Um, it just becomes kind of a, a customer quiz rubrics that you got to unbundle and figure out how do we how do we do the how do we get the right product made for how we can fit into a customer's life and i'm so intimately connected with the make of product that if it's cordura nylon if it's leather if it's you know a polyester if it's a soft fabric a, a durable fabric a waterproof the essential components of the make to me are what unconsciously resonate with people. You know, you don't know, you may love that that shirt you're wearing. And if I asked you to break it down, like tell me the five things you like the most about it, the actual technical details may be different than your interpretation. It's cotton, but it's super soft and that's why you like it. But so though I, I like the the raw material and the make aspect of the intimate connection to a customer and why they like like a product. So it's kind of fun to work. You know, bags are a hard category in some respect. I can talk about lingerie or suits or apparel all day long, but bags, like what is the psychology of bags? So since joining Timbuktu over uh, about a year and a half now, I've been trying to work my way through every bag, carry it, complain about it. If I don't like something, I cut it up or I'll sew it differently so that I can get a, a really visceral connection with the product because some people may love it and I may hate it or vice versa. And we have to figure that out in order to sell to the right people. So how do you keep this motivation going? Because that sounds like a lot of ebb and flow. 
and just to, you know, play with a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. Is that's what is intriguing to you or what is the motivation in this? Um, hmm, that's a good question. So uh, our, our group CEO has an expression that he says, um, I'm a solution waiting for a problem. I, I, I feel very like minded uh, with him in that um, if uh, if thing if a product isn't selling, you have to break it down and unbundle it. Why? If it, if it is selling, you have to break it down and unbundle it. If a product works or doesn't work, you have to break it down. Um, I'm hugely motivated by solving problems or figuring stuff out, knowing that there actually might not be one single right answer, but I but I like to understand um, why. Uh, why everything, you know, even in working with a team, if they're mm -hmm. explaining something to me, I, my, you know, rather than say why I have a probably a more rude version of it, which is so what, you know, okay, so you told me that, so what, what, I, what am I supposed to glean from that? Why am I supposed to like that? And it, the more I ask myself, so what, the more it motivates me to like, I don't know, I thought it was interesting, or I thought it meant something, or I thought it would lead me to the next thing. Um, but it's it's uh, figuring stuff out that motivates me. So is that your biggest obstacle? And if it's not, what is your biggest obstacle? And I would also love if you could just tell some of our viewers, like, what are your struggles that you have to go through because of the fact that you are trying to literally live in a customer's mind and it can't really yeah. be of your own? So how do you overcome these barriers? Um, well, so some of the challenges that we face are uh, Timbuktu has been around for 30 years. It's got a very solid, loyal, um, quality brand ethos, but it's still a pretty small size company. It would be considered a mid cap company. And I would think that after 30 years, it's earned its right to, you know, be a zillions of dollars or whatever. So growth is a big initiative for us. How do we grow? You either have to sell more product to your same audience, or you have to garner new audience. And between digital media, analog uh, media, the marketing has to mirror the products. You know, you can market the hell out of something that's really poor quality, and when a customer gets it, they are disappointed. But to mirror the quality of the product that we make with the storytelling. And the and the quality of the of the brand messaging um, to acquire new customers it's challenging out there. I mean, digital marketing is a is a monster right now between social media and paid media. Um, I, you know, I get I get texts, I get emails all day long from from social uh, from digital marketing, and I unsubscribe myself. You know, so how if I think that way, how many people are out there and are billboards effective? Are TV ads effective? Is podcast um, advertising effective? And one could say everything is effective because people are just different. Uh, so our biggest challenge right now is to figure out the, the most effective means by which we can grow. And we are seeking to grow by acquiring new customers. We, we have a very loyal following. Um, we have very loyal customers. Um, our, our bags have a lifetime warranty, so we could, you know, jam more bags down somebody's throat. But some people have uh, Timbuktu bags that are, you know, 20 years old and they're like, no, I don't need a new bag. So we our, our biggest challenge is to find new customers. 
The, the second thing is the noise out there of how many brands and products, how do we distinguish ourselves? You know, we're not outdoor industry, like I said, um, but our bags are very durable and withstand the outdoors. Uh, we're not, you know, city professional. We're not, we are, we're not ticked and tied that way. We're more irreverent and casual and fun. But how do we sell to people who actually have a job <laughs> and commute to work and travel extensively? So we, we have both a sweet spot of crossing markets, but that also presents a challenge of having to distinguish ourselves from our, our customers. But our, our goal right now, our biggest challenge in front of us is to grow, not only thrive post-COVID, but grow in our own right. Our, our, our original intention at the beginning of 2020 was to grow. And we just, uh, we, we went through this year like everybody else did. Understood. Understood. So is there any like uh, special things we should know about in the future? You know, new bags coming out, new apparel, maybe tied with the bag, maybe a, sh a floating shoe. I mean, I, I don't know. You're the fashion designer. So <laughs> I, I'm just asking anything like special we should know about? Uh, yeah, uh, mid-year. Uh, so it's it's under lock and key right now, but we are opening. Uh, we're opening into a, a new part of the market that we've we've not played before, um, and uh, looking to work with. Um, yeah, looking to work in a in an industry that, that has. Uh, you know, I'll just give you the stats of three billion participants worldwide. Um, uh, an industry that has not suffered during COVID because uh, it, it has thrived with people being pretty much locked inside um, and uh, very super futuristic. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to a product launch uh, in June and some uh, collaborations and partnerships there. Um, in addition, we are looking at going to apparel and not just apparel for apparel's sake, but we want to be the, your chosen carry brand. So how does apparel emulate that? If you do, actually don't feel like wearing a bag to go outside, how are you carrying what you need in apparel and, and playing on those notions? I like that a lot because I know sometimes I'm faced with where do I put my wallet and my phone at the same time in my pants? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely 100 yeah. percent understand and especially you know men have that thing you empty out your pockets and it's like all the toy soldiers come out it's like how did you fit all that stuff in your pockets <laughs> women are even more particular from the standpoint of we don't want bulging parts of everything and so whether it's jackets or pants or vests or whatnot that and and even integrating some protection you know i we're supposing that people are going to be wearing masks in crowded places for quite some time. And so how do we, how do we consider how people are moving through, through space and time right now, carrying the essentials with protective, protective gear, not only from rain and wind, but really from viral transmissions and, and things like that. It's a, it's, it's a reality. Well, Ms. Deborah, I appreciate your time. If you want to find her, you can find her at timbuck2.com. If you want to reach her, you can email her at deborah k at timbuck2.com. Remember, it's the number two. I appreciate your time, Ms. Deborah. Thank you. And David, you got to send me all of your bags or pictures of them so we can we can uh, emulate your most favorite and uh, put that in the collection. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much.
Thank you. Dusty Rollins here. Thank you so much for listening to Profiles in Persistence. If you're a successful business owner or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit thetaxcure.com slash podcast slash apply. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Profiles in Persistence. I love seeing your post and your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes and go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.thetaxcure.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.